Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Hello, and this is Our Wondrous World with Helena Steiner-Hornstein. Welcome to my show today. I am back in Europe and sitting here looking out over a beautiful May day. It's so lovely in Sweden. They have about, about seven days of absolutely fantastic spring in Sweden, I would say, when everything is out in full bloom, on the ground, on the bushes, in the trees, on the trees, and the birds are singing. It's like a little paradise, and you have all the scents from the flowers, and the birds are singing, and right now it's, it's like in the 70s, and it's lovely. But it doesn't last very long in this country. But it's something that people really, really enjoy, and they look forward to this throughout the winter. So I'm back with you, and I have a great guest with me today. And I must say he has helped me personally a lot only a couple of days ago. But I will first introduce him, who it is, and his name is... Uh, Dennis, Dennis Adams. Adams. <laughs> yes, Dennis <laughs> Adams. I was going to make a big announcement, and it's, here is Johnny Carson. You know. <laughs> here is Dennis Adams. <laughs> uh, and Dennis Adams is a much-talked-about spiritual and physical healer, and his work has received praise from professionals in the fields of health and science and metaphysics. His ability to heal has been scientifically proven in laboratory controlled conditions. That's great. That, you know, that impresses me. And these experiments dealing with the alterations of salmonella bacteria proved that matter is mutable and can be changed with the power of the mind. We know that. That's great. Now, Dennis has also traveled in the world. He's been to India, and he has demonstrated his healing methods to uh, various instances there, and he's met with Sai Baba. He has devoted, that is Dennis Adams, not Sai Baba, Dennis Adams has devoted more than 25 years of his life developing proven techniques that can help others to experience wholeness and God consciousness and another one of Dennis's great gifts to the planet is his ability to explain the mysteries of life in simple and understandable terms that is the truth to my mind and he demonstrates simple techniques that you can practice yourself well Dennis what do you say here you are with me on, on well I say air. that was just amazing an amazing introduction and I want to thank you so much for for sharing me with your audience uh, in such a wonderful way. Yes, and we have audience uh, all over the world. I have said I had listeners in about 84 countries, but just now I learned it's 110 countries, and this is a lot. And I think so many of my listeners come from the Scandinavian countries because I'm here a lot and I lecture a lot and I give a lot of workshops in the Scandinavian countries, particularly my, I think my warmest or hottest audience is in Finland and Norway. But I'm Swedish and we have the Swedes too. The only thing is Sweden is kind of very close, not the people, but the media and the authorities are very much against anything that has to do with spirituality. Sad but true. Oh. So, um, yeah, it's, it's something that is hard to explain why this is the way. Well, I have my theories, but... It, <laughs> what was the sense of unconditional love then? <laughs> That's what we have to do to, yep. to everyone, to the people and to those authorities. We have an election coming up here. So it's important how we choose our leaders in this uh, community. All right. So, but with you first, and I'm going to let you talk much, much more, but I want to tell my audience what happened a couple of days ago on Saturday. 
Well, I happen to have a very bad spine from accidents and falling off horses and car accidents and so on. So it doesn't take much of a fault for me to get completely out of sync. And this happened just end of last week. And my spine was completely out and my sciatic nerve was completely, completely squashed or what you can call it. And I was in such pain, I'd rather do childbirth, you know. It was terrible. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I was ready to jump out through the window here, but I, I didn't know what to do myself. And then it occurred to me, you know, who can help me? And I was thinking about all the healers I know everywhere, and I didn't feel for anyone. Well, I'm a healer myself, but when you're in such pain, it's very, very hard to help yourself, as you understand. You know, ooh, you cannot even focus. But then I remembered you because I was going to have you as a guest today uh, on, on the show. And I thought, I'm going to call him up. And I was going to call you up, but then it was like 1 o'clock in the morning, your time. And I thought, I cannot do that. People do that to me, but I cannot do that to you. So I just waited, and the hours were so slow. You know, I had to go through this day of, of pain, and I was sweating, and I was running a fever, and I was, you know, couldn't, you know, I was screaming, and I was standing up, and I was sitting down, and I was trying to lie down, and, you know, all those things. Everything was so impossible. And then finally it came to 6 o'clock, your California time, and I said, I call him now. But I said, no, I cannot do that. It's Saturday morning. He's been resting. All night he needs his rest, and I wait another couple of hours. And finally, after 8 o'clock, I was waiting for the minister to approach, like 8.30, and then I called you up and gave you my story. And you were, you just, well, I woke you up, but I asked you for help, and you were so gracious. You said, but of course, I will help you. And now I want you to tell the world what you did. And first of all, where are you located so people know in their minds where you are located right now? Well, right now I'm, I'm located in Mount Shasta, California, which is uh, probably more than a couple of miles away from you. And uh, <laughs> I got a call, and I heard a person in pain. Well, when you hear somebody in pain, you, I don't know, I, I respond immediately. So uh, I asked you what was going on, and you said it was your sciatica. And, um, you know, fixing somebody's bones and sciatica and muscles and nerves over the airlines halfway around the world, you know, sometimes people think that can't be done. But, you know, God's everywhere. And so, of course, it doesn't really matter where you call or where the person's located. So um, we talked, and uh, I told you several different things to do with your hands. And... Um, you followed my instructions to the letter. I was I was very impressed. And yes. <laughs> as we checked in with you, um, you kept announcing that it was getting a little better and the, the pain was starting to ease up a little bit. And uh, we kept working on you. And, you know, God just decided that, hey, let's just fix her. And shazam, I guess you fixed. And that's pretty much the long and the short of it. It's... Um, you know, the wholeness is everywhere, and as long as my intent goes directly to you, it travels through the source. Now, I just use the word God. Some people use uh, Yahweh, Buddha, you know, Jehovah, whoever you think is in charge, whoever's pushing the buttons, that's who you, you know, you talk to. So I talk to God, and God's there with you, and we send a healing through to your body, and I noticed that at your end, you were definitely ready to receive it. And um, as you received you, it... <laughs> that's the understatement uh -huh. of the day. <laughs> <laughs> you were more than ready to receive it. So uh, yeah. it, it, just, um, it worked out wonderfully. And, and today, as I'm talking to you, I, I hear it worked out for you really well. So, you know, I see yeah. God's on the job everywhere in the world, even, even, uh, even there where metaphysics may not be happening all the time. So... Good thing God's there. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, the process, many people believe that healing, you are healer, he should just stretch out his hand and then immediately you are well. This is a process. I mean, I didn't get well that moment. Actually, I fell asleep 
and then I woke up and then I was much better, but then I was feeling the process of the pain just leaving my body, you know. Yeah, the uh, you know, it's it just takes um, uh, those moments or two. The body has to adjust itself, you know. When it's in a lot of pain like that, there's a lot of things that are out of place, say a muscle or a nerve or a bone. So when you're talking to a person um, over the phone, or 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 however um the talking um believe it or not actually starts working in the brain immediately it starts um realizing where the original problem came from or at least in the healing techniques that i that i've um developed with the help of of god telling me how to do it um, yeah i was just going to ask you what kind of healing do you do and what is different about it from others well you know, everybody, there's, gosh, zillions of healers, I would imagine, on the planet. So everybody yes, has their own absolutely. technique. I never mm-hmm. studied with anybody. I um, I started off at age 20, and I'm 70 now. So I started off healing without any instructions at age 20. And then um, I studied with some great teachers who weren't necessarily healers, but um, I studied with probably the ten best minds in the world at the time. And at age 30, they said I needed to go to the woods, live alone uh, for a year or so. And so I did that. Uh, Oh, that's very interesting. So how did you live? You went to the woods to live alone. How? Um, Well, I went into the Sierras, uh, believe it or not. And instead of staying one year, I stayed eight years. Now, when I went into the woods, I I disappeared. I, I had no clothes. I had no guns, no knives, no nothing. I had a pair of shoes on, a pair of Birkenstocks and my birthday suit, and I went into the woods and lived for eight years. The reason that I did that was I needed more education, and I knew that nature was here before man was, so I wanted to learn the rules of nature. I could see man's rules, and I could see how we were doing on the planet. It's not really good. Um, But I noticed that nature's rules were very peaceful. You could go into the woods, and you would become peaceful. So actually I studied with nature and really refined my tools. So when I say I've been healing for 23 years, I, I really started that after I had been in the woods. I've, I've actually been healing since I was 20, and that's 50 years. What I've learned is is that most of our problems come from when we're a child, uh, between zero and seven, and the reason, or zero and 14. And the reason is is because the human body, as studied by science, grows at a seven-to-one ratio for the first 14 years of our lives. And that's amazing. It's kind of like, remember you went to school and your clothes fit, you came home and your clothes didn't fit, and you went, wow, that was odd. Well, you know, you go from something you can't see to like, you know, five foot in 14 years. It's amazing. And then as most of, as you know, um, those last couple inches take years and years, you know, and you're wondering, why did it take so long when I grew so fast? Well, when we grow, we take opinions on from our parents. Um, and the way you learn on the planet is through repetition. So the more repetition you have, the more into a particular framework you, you start to become. Now, if we studied with our parents between 0 and 14, that's, that's a 7 to 1 ratio. So it's really 14 years to the power of 7, which is 98 years worth of repetition from our parents. And what happens is, is even though we say we don't want to be like our parents, through association, we pick up a lot of the material. And a lot of our sickness is picked up through family lines. And when we heal, what we do is, and I know this sounds a little strange to your audience, but kind of just bear with me. Um, when the wholeness is in you, because it's what's doing the healing, it directs your hands how to go, say, backwards in time and literally go into the human body with your thought your consciousness, grab the original thought. It might have started at, say, one years old or three years old or eight years old or ten years old. You mm-hmm. can grab that thought, and when you pull the thought out of the body, the, the person that you're working on will actually feel something pull out, even though they can't see nothing. And once the thought is out, the body has the ability to go, oh, wow, we don't need that anymore. We're going to change. And it starts to heal itself. Now, when, when I work, I notice that God usually does it, 
you know, pretty close to instant. Like when we had you strip your legs, you know, they get light really fast. And that's because God is instant. Your healings should be like almost immediate if the wholeness is there. And it's always there. So everybody gets a healing, whether you perceive it the way you're thinking it should be or it takes the full 72 hours to come around. Um, The wholeness is there to serve you and to help you because basically you've asked. And so it's like you don't have to believe. It's You know, I hear a lot of healers, you have to believe things, you have to do this, you have to do that. Yeah, that's Um, that's a good point, actually, about the belief, how much that matters in the process. Do you have to believe at the same time when you're healed? Not not in the process that I use, um, because we go directly to the source where you originally put the thoughts into the body. Uh, in order to do this, I, you know, I had to actually study study God without any words or any, you know, principles on it at all. Because as you know, it's invisible; it doesn't exist in this dimension. So there, it's very difficult to explain it because any word limits it. So I figured out how to yeah. explain God in my own mind and to. Yeah, I wanted people. to know what is God. I see here, or here, you just said God. It, which I find very interesting, because others say God he or God he she but you say God it and I you know I kind of like that yeah it's you know it's more than a male and a female it's like everything in creation I mean everything down here is patterned from its knowingness it's an omnipresent space Um, and it's not in the physical plane which is why I spent eight years in the woods uh, putting that particular piece together and um, if you'd like me to explain what my picture of God is, I would love to do yes, that for you. Yes, I would you. really like to know. That's actually part of my title of the program, What is God? You know, all right, because all right. If you have ten people and you ask them, what is God, you have ten different views on this. Absolutely. And, um, and plus you have twelve different signs. You know, Leos and Sag and Pisces and, and Scorpio yeah. and, and Aquarius and all of the Virgos and all the things that you have to do. So when you're healing, I notice that, that God, for lack of a better term, uh, adjusts it to the individual person um, so that you can hear it say, as a Leo, uh, with this particular type personality, with this particular color hair, with this particular color eyes. And the wholeness is, is, is God. It's, it's, it's there all the time. So if you'd like, I'd, I'd give you my best explanation of how yes, I work please. with Yes, please, yes. Okay, all right. Well, you know, like everybody else, you're always wondering who's God, how's that thing actually work because it's so spiritual. Uh, I was raised Catholic, grade school, high school, college, pre-med, and all the way through. So, you know, we're given ideas, but, you know, as a child, God is something that is a loving aspect in your heart. You know, you just mentioned God, and as a child you get excited. It's like, ooh, that's so special. And then as we grow up, because we can't get an understanding that us as a human being can work with, we don't really have anywhere to go. So this is what I came up with with God. Um, As you know, I kind of sat and was, I thought, well, what does everybody think about God? And it's like sort of... Well, for me, it was always Catholic, um, <laughs> because you're Catholic. So you're you're Protestant, or you're Jewish, or you're Episcopalian, or you know, you're a religion. Okay, and then God must be that religion, because that's what you're hoping for. Yeah, and, well, I'm um, Lutheran, you know, and I've always been told, you know, as God is being far, far away, detached from me. Right, you know, it's somewhere it seems like you can't get to unless you pray and do all these things. So I thought, okay, so i got to figure this out. And then I, I had some other things like God lives in heaven, so, you know, you look straight up, you should be able to see him. Amongst all the other people walking around in heaven, which was kind of funny to me, uh, that you could spot him uh, or her or, you know, it. And then I, I kept thinking, well, what else do people say? Well, you know, uh, it loves you, and um, uh, and, and, and he wears a, a white outfit. And, and I thought, wow, this is just too obscure. So I, I decided that I was going to, being a scientist, a, a physicist, I decided that I was going to find the one thing everybody agreed with, and then I would reverse engineer it and find God. Reverse engineering, for those that aren't physicists, um, you find the truth or the, the end machine, and then you rebuild it. So that's reverse engineering. So I decided that I would find the one thing that all the religions agreed upon. It took me a while because I got a minor in theology, but I did find it. And this is the piece that everybody 
regardless of what religion you are, agree upon. And this is it. Whatever God is, now there is no definition of it yet. It says, whatever it is, it is everywhere. And all the religions agree on this. Whatever this God thing is, it is everywhere. Now, I sat there and I thought about this, and I thought, well, wait a minute. I'm a physicist. I should be able to find that. So that's how I started out. I was in the woods. I'd been in there for three years already. I sat down and thought, all right, let's figure this thing out. So I sat there, and I'm a really big fan of Jesus. Jesus is a really big thing to me. I mean, the guy walks into a town, waves his arm, everybody gets better. That's some very impressive stuff. Um, if you're if you're blind, no problem. If you were deaf, no problem. Hey, if you were dead, no problem. Laz, get up. There's a big party this weekend. We're turning water into wine. I want you to be there. So even if you were dead, this Jesus character brought you around. Now, the one thing that I realized with Jesus was, Jesus says, without the Father, I can do nothing. So that was why I really had to look for this character called God. Now, when I started out, I was thinking to myself, what's everywhere? So I looked up at the stars. It was nighttime, and I looked at the stars, and I said, all right, stars, what do you got in common? What's everywhere out there for you? And the first thing I realized was space. And I thought, space? Well, everybody knows that, but I'll work it anyhow. So I thought space is everywhere. So I brought it down to my solar system. We got a bunch of planets, a bunch of moons, and a sun. And I said, so what do you guys got in common? And the same was true of the answer. Everything's surrounded by space. And I thought, okay, so far space seems to be everywhere. I'll bring it down to my planet. I looked at everything on our planet. I said, so what do you guys got in common? And everything said, well, we're all surrounded by space. And I'm thinking, okay, space seems to be everywhere. Now, I looked in a mirror. I looked solid, but I'm a scientist, so I know better. But if you take a piece of skin, you're made up of trillions and trillions of cells. So I looked at all the cells, and I said, all right, cells, what do you have in common? And the one thing that all the cells have in common is no two cells in your body touch. They're all surrounded by a thin layer of space, and that's why you can see their outline. And I'm looking, I'm going, gosh, there's more space than I'm thinking. I better go smaller. I'll go to one cell. So I went to the one cell, and the one cell's filled with parts for carrying oxygen, vitamins, minerals. I said, all right, parts, what do you have in common? And the one thing they had in common also was they're all surrounded by space. And I'm going, wait a minute, space is everywhere. I'll go smaller yet. So I went down to the atomic level, electrons, protons, neutrons, all the trons. And I said, okay, trons, what do you have in common? And once again, they're all surrounded by space. However, the smaller you go, the more the space increases. And this is where I found the secret. Now, when I was looking at the atomic structure, I thought, well, how much space is there really? So I took one atom. I made the nucleus the size of a BB, because this way I could see it in physical size, like my size. The closest atomic particle was an electron, and I made that the size of a speck of dust. So the distance between the BB and the speck of dust is actually a 52-story building. That's how much space is in your atomic level. Now, when I realized this, I thought, well, well wait a minute. That's a lot of space. So I did the math, and we discovered that if you take all the space out of a human being, you can put several people on the head of a pin. Now, that just staggered my mind. I realized that, wow, in terms of science, if there's this many people on the head of a pin, we're not really here. And then all of a sudden I realized that a lot of religions will say, we're not really here, that this is a great illusion, or Maya, as they call it in India, the grand illusion. And I thought, wow, we're not really here. I better follow through on this. Now, the first thing I decided to do was the only thing I could find everywhere was space. So I made space God. It's still nondescript. And then I started putting things together. First thing I thought about was, in metaphysics, we're all called brothers and sisters, you know, but in matter, the DNA dictates if a criminal goes to the electric chair or not. So in matter, I don't see how we're brothers and sisters. But in metaphysics, we're supposed to be brothers and sisters. So I decided to resolve the problem through quantum physics. Now, I said, okay, God, I'm willing to hear how this works, but hit me in quantum physics, something that I know. So what about this, uh, we're brothers and sisters? How's that work? And it's amazing when you listen, see, because God told you how to get the answers. It said, knock, 
it shall be made open unto you. Seek and you shall find. Ask and you shall receive. So these are the things I started doing. And the first thing you'll realize is the wholeness is more than willing to talk to you. So when I said, hey, we're all brothers and sisters, how does this work? First thing I realized in quantum physics was in order to separate something, it has to be broken down and separated completely. That means that the space has to be taken out of the subject. Now, if the same space is in you as in me, we're really brothers and sisters because we're connected in terms of quantum physics by the very same substance, which is, which is the space. And so the truth is that we're all really brothers and sisters in terms of quantum physics is accurate. And then I sat there and I went, wow, that's amazing. Well, let's keep going with this. I decided to go, well, this as above, so below, heavenly body, earthly body. How's that work? And the first thing I noticed was on my atomic structure, everything's round and everything's in orbit. And I thought, wow, where have you seen that before? I looked up into the sky. I noticed everything was round and everything was in orbit. So I noticed that everything outside of me is exactly the same as in, inside of me. And so as above, so below, heavenly body, earthly body, it's all identical. Then I began to notice that a lot of religions referred to God as an orb or a sphere or something round. And I noticed that was everything inside of me and everything outside of me. Then I noticed that they tell all of us in the religions that we're going to go back to the source. Well, if you're round, see, all religions refer to God as a round or sphere thing. Well, everything that's round follows an orbit. It goes back to its original source. So in yeah, terms, because the original source, when it radiates, it is round. Exactly. And so everything does go back to the source, which really does mean we're eternal. And then I'm starting to think, oh, what? things really do work. So then the next thing I thought was, um, um, well, how about that uh, in the Bible where it says mankind, mankind is made to the image and likeness of God. So I went back and I looked that up because that was translated back, you know, in the 10th, 12th yeah, century. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. How do you explain that? Well, this is, this is a, a good piece. See, in the Bible it says mankind was made to the image and likeness of God. However, it was translated back in the beginning of A.D. Now, back then, when it was translated, mankind believed that the sun and the moon and the stars rotated around the planet and that we were flat and that we were the center of the universe. Now, in the Bible it says, mankind is made to the image and likeness of God. When I looked it up in Sanskrit, what it actually says is, all things are made to the image and likeness of God. Man, believing that he was all things, just kind of put that in there, instead of all things were made to the image and likeness of God. If we stay with all things, which is all the religions claim, then God, as the space, is in all things, and all things, therefore, are God. Now, the next thing I looked at was, you know, God, is going to take some power to make all this stuff out here. Like, you know, your space, I'm just waving my arms and nothingness. And I went, so where did you get the power? How did you make all this work? Now, the first thing I noticed was electricity. You know, I can't see it. Well, I can't see God either, but I can see the end result of it. I've flown over this planet. She's lit up. She's beautiful at night. And I'm thinking, wow, God's got power. It's got electrical current. You know, and I can see you at work, God, and I'm very impressed. And then I got to, however, it's going to take more than a 110 to make a sun or a 220 to make a sun, God. So, like, how did you make the sun? And as I said that to myself, I kind of shrugged my shoulders and I clapped my hands together when I said, so how'd you do that, God? And the first thing I noticed was when I clapped my hands, there was a sound. And I thought to myself, okay, what's that? And I thought, well, that's a sound. All right, well, where did it come from? Well, it came from my hands. Well, what did your hands do? Well, I compressed my hands, and they made a sound. Well, how did you make that sound? Well, I compressed the space. I had a nuclear reaction, an atomic fusion, and that's what made the noise when you compress the space. Now, the first thing I thought of was, well, well, wait a minute. To make a sun, I need a nuclear reaction and atomic fusion. And that's exactly what I did 
when I compressed this space. Atomic reaction, nuclear fusion, and it made sound. It produced a reality. Well, if God is the space and it were to hug itself enough, it would produce the Big Bang Theory. Now I'm just sitting here going, my goodness, this is wow. <clears throat> really pretty cool all in all. So I'm sitting, sitting there going, let me get this straight. God's not outside of me. It's inside of me. It's inside it's quite, and around yeah. everything. It holds yeah. every atomic particle I am and loves me so much that it keeps me in a form that other people can see. This is awesome. Then the next thing I thought about was, you know, I hear God knows everything. So how did you do that, God? Now, that's a mind question, so I had to go to my brain. Um, your brain, it's a trillion cells to the power of 12, a bunch of them. And I'll say to myself, hey, lift your arm. Now, in order for me to lift my arm, the thought starts on the side of my skull, a little above the ear, but it has to go to the neurons at the very top of my skull so that can register into my spinal column and actually lift my arm. Now, thought's biochemical. It's a little impulse that travels. It goes from cell to cell to cell. So we're going to take this impulse and we're going to say, lift our arm. So it starts at one cell and it looks at the next cell and goes, hey, lift your arm. Next cell goes, got it. Looks at the next cell and goes, hey, lift your arm. The cell goes, got it. Looks at the next cell and goes, hey, lift your arm. So it goes from cell to cell to cell carrying a message, lift your arm. Well, I noticed for the thought to go from one cell to the next, it had to go through the space equally. So the thought's going through me, the cell, through God, the space, through me, the cell, through God, the space, through me, through God, through me, through God, through me, through God. Hey, not only did I know I was going to lift my arm, God knew I was going to lift my arm. Then the most amazing mm -hmm. thing happened. My arm moved. Well, I moved the cells, and God moved the space, and between the two of us, we co-created the action. And we're all yeah. told that we're co-creators with God. Now I'm just mm -hmm. sitting here going, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. Now, and you were sitting now, this was all when you were out in nature, I mean, when you came to all these conclusions, wasn't it? Yeah, this is just kind of like what I thought I heard the universe telling me. And yeah. as I listened to it, I noticed that the truth that I was getting was sort of like the truth that's on the planet, and everything started coming into place, you know, and then I started to get into the the heavier things like uh, like meditation. You know, everybody, well, just say you meditate. And a lot of people will come up and they'll say, you know, did you ever meditate, have one of those whamma bamma meditations, except you noticed your butt never left its chair? And I go, <laughs> well, yeah. I said, it's not really confusing. You see, when we meditate, it's not really much of a trip. You go from the cell into the space. And when you go into the space, because the space is everywhere, as you know, when you meditate, it's limitless. So you're in the body of God, the space itself. You're hanging out with those things that people are seeking to be with. And so the reason that your butt's still thinking it's in the chair is that you have to have an identification to come back. When your consciousness is limitless in the space, you know, to know that you're sitting in a chair kind of gets you back to matter. And that is what brings you back, knowing that you're sitting in a chair. Then a lot of people say to me, like, well, if God's the space, why isn't it talking to me? And I go, but it does. You see, inside of you, there's a voice that sounds just like you. Now, that voice, that's your brain. Now, we have five keyboards in the human being, and those are your senses. And those five are like Five keyboards or senses, oh, okay. you know, like yeah. you're a computer, and we record through touch, sight, hearing, smell, and taste. So we have like a keyboard that registers into our brain a computer is how the world is working. Now, as this computer works in there, and we want to think of something, our brain, you can hear your voice talking there. It works out material, and it comes to a conclusion. And this is what your brain does. And when you're thinking, you'll hear your voice running through stuff and, and coming to the conclusion. Now, the part I want to bring up is, did you ever notice sometimes you're not thinking, but your voice is just talking? Well, well that is how I do all the time. You know, I don't think. Yes, exactly. Noise. That's my work. <laughs> exactly. Well, see, anatomically, it doesn't work that way. You have to think in order for that to happen. Now, if the voice is talking to you and you are not thinking and it sounds like you, it just might be God using your voice so you would pay attention. Now, I'll give you the perfect example. 
when we were much younger <laughs> in our 20s i'm 70 now so when we were in our 20s yeah. uh and you're driving a car and it's early in the morning say three o'clock in the morning and you come to a stop sign and you're sitting there and you're looking at the stop sign nobody's on the road but you and you're thinking to yourself why am i waiting here at this stop sign so or this stoplight so you look to the left you look to the right you look ahead you look behind there's nobody there so you decide you're going to drive through the stop sign and all of a sudden that little voice goes hey what are you doing so I noticed, I looked to the left, I looked to the right, I looked ahead, I looked behind. Now I looked four directions twice. Now I'm yeah. going through the red stop sign, stop light. And sure enough, there's the cop sitting behind the building, and I never saw him. Oh, he pulls out. Now the first yeah, day, I've been exactly in that position. Exactly. <laughs> you in Miami, exactly that same. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Now what's the first thing people say? The first thing people say is, when am I going to learn to listen to myself? Now, when you make that statement, you already knew he was there. Now, you're saying, when am I going to learn to listen to myself? Which means you've had this happen to you before and haven't learned how to listen yet. So I'm just trying to explain that that thing we call God or Yahweh or Buddha or Jehovah, it's within us. It's there all the time. All yeah, we have to precisely. do is ask it for the help. And that's how I heal. The same space that is inside of you is the same space that's inside of me. And when I go to heal, I talk to God, because God does the healing. Come on, I'm a scientist. I can't change a human body. That's like insane. But if you have God working with you, which is the space, the space is the majority of your body. It's the majority of the body you're working on. And when you touch this other person, the space that's in your fingers and in their body mingles together and the unconditional love that you have and the wanting of helping this human being that is in pain through the divinity that's inside of them regardless what the religious aspect is that divinity that's inside of you and in, and because god is the past the present and the future all simultaneously when you reach into the present and you reach into the body that's how you can adjust the time grab the concept that's giving the problem that came from you when you were smaller and you pull it out see i've developed the understanding that the human body is actually a time machine and it can go forwards and back in time and that's what we do when we heal and this whole time machine thing i believe the whole human species knows about it we just don't practice it now we practice it a little like every year the government makes you alter time twice a year and they call it daylight savings time and they alter an hour when you get on an airplane and fly you have to alter time because you you pass through many time bands and you'll notice it takes time for the other bodies to play catch-up now yeah. time travel has become so impressive that we have a product on the market for time travel and it's called a snooze alarm every morning that snooze alarm gives you an extra what two minutes of sleep and when you hit the snooze alarm what do you really get an extra 10 15 minutes some people need i need an extra 20 minutes sleep they hit a two minute snooze alarm and you get your 20 minutes now, that's very impressive it's not thought of much but we're actually altering time one of the things i teach is present moment and a lot of times god will alter time for us so that we're used to time traveling and we call it daydreaming in other words sometimes you're like you're in a group and somebody will say something it'll trigger something in you and boom you're not even in the group you're just thinking of something in time traveling and then somebody has to look at you and go hey you in there and they wave their hand yeah. in front of your eyes what happens you have to come flying back into your body you have to act like you knew what somebody was talking about, and you knew for a fact you weren't even there, which means, wow, God's got us time traveling in something we call daydreaming, and it's labeled wrong. And yeah. we should look at everything that the universe really is teaching us, us to, like, say, how to heal, how to change ourselves, how to be more secure with the totality. That's why I went to the woods to learn, and that's how I learned to heal. And, wow, I, I've noticed I've been talking way too I was thinking about the practical side of the way you see you lived for eight years out in the woods, and yes, you said you, had, you didn't bring any clothes. 
So no. someone dropped you off, or, or how did you get there, and where did you leave your clothes, and how did you get back? <laughs> hey, uh, my uncle took me into, um, into the wilderness where he had a ranch in the wilderness. And he mm -hmm. said, you know, because I left from Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, where, you know, you're, you're used to living in the street. Oh, you were in Cleveland. That's interesting. Yes, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. So, oh, really? Um, yes. When I went to the yeah, world... Yeah, no, I spent a lot of time. My daughter lives there quite often. Really? Where at? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, well, the River. Oh, yeah. wow. On the Cuyahoga. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's a beautiful part. It's lovely. Yes, it is. And yeah, I even have uh, spent a lot of time there, given... I given many shows, you know, uh, from Cleveland also, and people have called in from Cleveland. So I'm sure we have several people look, listening to this show in Cleveland. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a homeboy Clevelander. <laughs> oh, that's so very the Cleveland boy can do yeah. this, anybody can do this. And this is one of those things that I teach. You know, it's like I'm not special, I'm not unique. I'm the same as every other human being on the planet, and that's what I teach. You know, a lot of time people say, well, that person's special, and they can do all of this stuff. And I have never taught that in my whole life. I teach that anything that I can do, so can everybody else. If you're a child of God, why shouldn't you be able to do everything that your parent can do? The only thing that's stopping us is our lack of belief in ourselves. That if you are a child with of God, everything, isn't it? That we have to have the trust in ourselves. But exactly, also, exactly. The world tells us no good. We're, we're, we're you know no good, and we're failures because we're not millionaires, and we're not living in a mansion, and we're not driving a Rolls Royce. But I'll tell you what. In my heart, I am happy. In every cell in my body, my God loves me, and I love it back with everything that I have. Yeah, and I believe tell me about yourself. Uh, Oh, sorry, I interrupted you. I didn't okay, that's okay. Go ahead. I got so excited. I wanted to know about your uh, your healer, but also your private, your personal life. You are married. Tell me yes, about your family life. I am a very happy married man to a very, very beautiful lady who takes care of my wonderful business for me. And uh, we have five wonderful grandkids. And, um, you know, it's just, I just love things. I love people, and I love to see what we can do. And um, healing is loving. Um, a lot of times people think that if you get sick, you and God are on the outs. And I want to say right now, you and God are not on the outs. When we get sick, that's for us to strengthen ourselves. After you get better from something, did you ever notice, did you ever notice you're not as afraid of the unknown? You're stronger with who you are. Um, you feel more secure yeah. with your abilities. And so I've discovered that sickness actually helps give strength to people. It makes them believe in themselves because you did something that people said was scary. The other thing is God's not punishing you when you get sick. You know, I hear no, people, oh, man, I'm sick. They do wrong now. You didn't do yeah. anything wrong. You're testing your system to make sure that all of the parts are working for you. And when you really need them, you're just really firing them up to see and take command of who you are. You know, healers can also heal themselves. And, and I've been put in that situation a couple of times. I've, I broke my neck twice in one year. Um, and oh, really? God chose to oh, fix it in like less than a week. Yeah. And, you know, that's, no, that's good. No, I fixed yeah, my neck mostly, that's and I've never... No one has known me sick, really. It, it, just, no, it doesn't get that far. Right. It's, it's just a, it's just a situation to see if you can raise above where you're normally used to going. You know, yeah. and people want it's to get challenge, closer to God, so prepared. then you get challenges to see if you can get closer. I mean, like me and God are so so close and tight, it's like, you talk to it, it talks to you back. You love it, it loves you back. You ask it to, to fix somebody, it fixes somebody. And, you know, it shows you how to do all these things. God's in everybody's heart. Uh, you know, something loves so, you um, so much, it made you out of thin air. That is awesome. That is awesome. Every day I wake up and I go, wow, it made me, it loves me so much. It just made me understand and, and experience everything that's out there. I mean, this is yeah. spectacular. So what you do, you wake up with gratitude in your heart. That's what you're saying. That's, that's pretty much it, you know. And I've, I've woken up with, with gratitude my whole life. And 
and I've had a really rough childhood, uh, as, as some people know. Uh, the reason I'm a healer is because I was born a complete male and a complete female. The drawback of that was I was born a Catholic in the United States. So therefore, you're kind of a sinner, and they do lots of surgeries and hurt you. Had I been born in India, I'd have my own ashram, and I'd be a walking, talking, living saint. So whoever you are, it's different in all of the world. And I became a healer because on my first surgery, they discovered that morphine and none of the drugs actually worked on my body. So Were I had you studying the medical field in any way? Yeah, um, at age four, you know, they they cut me open for the first time, started taking female parts out, and then discovered that morphine had no effect. And it was a very painful experience. There was nothing to stop the pain. And around the second day, at age four, is the first time I managed to get out of my body. You see, pain is is, is an amazing motivator. Now, in the religions, they have this thing that, under the age of seven, it's called the age of reason. And if anything happens to you under the age of seven, a lot of religions claim that God or the angels will take care of you. And I'm here to tell you that that's an absolute fact. Now, at age four years old, and after two days of screaming, because you're cut wide open and there's nothing that can stop the pain, I had the experience of lifting out of my body. I saw myself down in the bed, and I noticed that I was in pain there, but not as I came out of my body. When I was out of my body at age four years old to this day at 70, I remember my first statement, and the statement was, wow, this must be that multidimensional God thing that they talk about. Now, at age, at that age? Yeah, at four years old, I didn't even know what those words wow. meant. But when you're out of your body, the depth of who you are is limitless. I was, yeah. I was tutored by the angels. I was tutored by God, for lack of a better term. Um, while I was in these different states, uh, to prove things as a four-year-old to yourself, um, my grandparents came to me one of, during one of these experiences, and I talked to them, and I said, well, what's going on? And they said, not to worry about it. You'll understand as you get older. Now, I went home and I asked my parents, you know, after that particular experience, um, I said, do you have any pictures of my grandparents? Because my grandparents were both dead, both sets. And when my mother showed me the picture of my grandparents, they were the exact people who I saw in this other dimension, out-of-body experience. Now, these are things you never forget at age four. And because they operated at me at age four, six, eight, ten, twelve, and fourteen, I had to learn out-of-the-body projections every two years. So I became very talented as a young individual and then actually thought that that's what everybody did because that's how you survived in a hospital. So I never knew that... The universe was helping me. I never knew that the universe was giving me gifts. I knew that God loved me amazingly, and only as I began to grow older, and and I've been in all the mystical schools. They all, you know, have had me in there as a teacher or a president or something like that. I've been able to share all these things that I've learned through all of these other worlds. Now, a lot of people don't believe it, and I guess everybody has to do what they, you know, think is important. But for me, I mean, this is why I became a healer. You know, you're in a lot of pain as a child. I want to help the planet. There's a lot of people that are really sick. And the medical profession, as brilliant as it is, um, they forget a lot of things, like the bedside manner. And that you can actually you can just say touch. that again, yes. And, yeah, uh, and it, the touch is there. I don't need have... a scalpel. I don't need things. However, I have supported doctors and all of that. You see, in a scalpel, there's just as much space as there is in a healer's hands. And so I believe doctors heal. I believe everybody heals that wants to help other human beings. I think everyone should cooperate, and that is the problem. That uh, you know, I believe in the medical field very much, but you know, everything at its right place. Right. Healers and, and they're a little right limited in, in some of their stuff. So, um, yeah. So, and and we cover those other bands. So, 
in me, I just love to heal. I love to talk about God or anything in metaphysics from space people all the way down the line. I'm just no, a happy guy. No, we have so much to talk about, and you have talked so much that the show is almost over and I wanted to get a little Sorry. room here to oh that's that's wonderful it's so interesting and also uh, you know when you first said that you were a complete male and a complete female I didn't understand actually quite what you meant and then when you got into all these searches and things and began to understand so you must you have had a very different kind of childhood I would say yeah, I did. Um, you know, when I would when I would get blood tests, I would get blood tests as a male and a female. I would be tested for estrogens and all of these things, and then as a male for testosterone and all of these things. And I also noticed that as a um, as a humanoid, like in my thinking process, I'm very balanced between male and female, rather than I see one side opposed to the other side. Yeah. Which is, as a healer, is very important, too, to have the balance. So what do you think God intended us to be? Well, it's children, and to wake up and accept the reality that we're God, and anything that God should be able to do, so should we. And as much as we love, as it loves to make us limitless, we should be able to love and, and make humanoids, you know, limitless in their loving and things. We should be able to grow. And the other thing, not to interrupt, but, you know, if I could do a healing, you know, and we could help some yeah, people. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to have time for that. And uh, I don't know how long it would take, and we have eight minutes left, which is, but we can keep on to do a recording for the archives. But for the live show, we uh, will be interrupted. So, okay, well, I think we can get this really fast if you'd like me to try. So, yeah, that, that's fine. But first now I would like to... Uh, usually I do not ask my guests to give out private numbers uh, on the 800 numbers or their website or emails. But since huh? you helped me that last Saturday so much, and I really am so grateful, I would like you to just give all your information, your website and your telephone numbers, and uh, then we will do the healing process. Okay, I, I'd love so to Anyone do that. who has a pain of any kind, they... Right. If you have pain or you need to really talk to a healer, um, my office number is going to be, I'm in Shasta, Mount Shasta, California, and my telephone number will be uh, one, that's for long distance, and then um, 530-938-3186. Repeat that, that's area code 530 Nine three eight three one eight six. My website is Dennis Adams Master Healer dot com. Um, once again, Dennis Adams Master Healer dot com. Products and everything else will be in on my website, so just you know, just check it out, look it up, and yeah. I believe my uh, office number's on there too. So that's everything yeah. I can do. So that's and great. I so appreciate and, uh, that. And if, so, you, if they call from Europe, I'm sorry. If you call from Europe, instead of one, you put zero, zero, one. Just you right. know that. I think from, the, from Asia is different again, and I cannot remember what that is. But you are accepting calls and uh, private sessions and so on from people out there in the world. It works yes. long distance uh, that we all know. We all do that. I work every day with someone in the world, myself. Right on, right on. I usually only do one healing because that's kind of how God works it. And, um, you know, I, other people tell me it's, you know, other hospitals and things that I work for and things, you know, they tell me it's like about 60% success rate. So um, if, you know, that's that's what's cool. But let's just uh, let's just do the healing and um, and everybody can start to enjoy pain a pain-free life if that's what you would like to do now. Yes, we have, you know, in the actual show now, we have six minutes left, Dennis. So, okay. But we can keep on talking afterwards, you know, which will go to the archives, and you have thousands of people listening in the archives. So, very good. Okay, so then once I start, I'll just keep going, and then when I finish, we'll, then, then we're finished, and we'll talk again, right? Something like that. Okay, that's perfect. <laughs> so let's just do the healing session. Okay, out everybody out there listening, you whether you're listening five hours or 20 hours or five days later, it's still going to work, so this is what's happening. Yeah. Sit yourself down, uh, get yourself comfortable, 
And what we're going to do is we're going to put our hands wherever the pain is going to be. All right? So this is how we're going to start. I want you to take both your hands, and I want you to place them wherever the most pain is at right now. So let's just do that. Okay? Now, once you have your hands there, this is what I would like you to do. I want you to imagine that you're going to put a baseball glove on both of your hands. Now, I'm hoping you know how to play baseball. It's a big, big glove. Now, imagine this glove going way inside your body. You know, because it's your imagination, you can imagine inside your body. Now, when you have this baseball glove on your hands, there's a pocket in the baseball glove, and that's where the ball gets caught. Now, you're going to make sure that pocket is right over the pane. And now what we're going to do is we're going to start to close our hands down on the pane, and those baseball gloves that go through our body are going to start to close around that ball. Now, close your hands very slowly. Get the pain caught in the pocket of the gloves. That's it. Now, very slowly start to slide your hands up and off that particular pain. That's it. Nice and easy. Nice and easy. Don't hurry it. You see, it's almost like a glue. It'll hold the pain in that pocket. Now, lift your hands up. That's it. Off the leg or wherever you're working. Now, take the gloves and the pain and just put them down alongside of you. That's it. Now, just tell that to go back to God because God's got that covered for you. Okay? Now, we're going to do it again. Put both your hands back on that same area. That's it. Now, your hands may want to find a different way of doing it. Just let them do it. They know what they're doing. Trust them. Okay, now, imagine putting the baseball gloves back on your hands. That's it. That's it. That's perfect. Okay, now, start to close those imaginary gloves back down. Put the pain in the pocket of the gloves. That's it. See, that pain's going to come out in the pocket once you hold it really tight. Don't open the gloves. Now, start to slide it off the body. That's it. Nice and easy. Nice and easy. Nice and easy. That's it. See, the space is helping you. Okay, when you get done, put the stuff back in the same place you threw the other stuff and tell that all to go back to God. Wonderful. Okay, now, third time. Third time's the charm. We're going to do this again. Okay. Put your hands. Now, they're going to might want to find a different way of holding that spot. Trust yourself. They do know. The space is guiding you. Trust yourself. Okay, now, imaginary gloves back on the hands. Okay, now, this time we're really going to get it because we got that practice. Now, in your mind's eye, man, see those gloves closed down on that whole infected area? That's it. Slide your hands so that whole infected area is in the pocket of your gloves. Close those gloves down tight. That's it. You're not going to let it slide out. That's it. Now start to bring it up and off your body. Nice and easy. Nice and easy. That's it. Bring it up. Bring it off. When you get done with that, just throw it in the same old pile you threw everything else. Tell it to go back to the source. All right. That's excellent. Now we're going to do a little something different. Same spot. You're going to go to the same place. That's it. Now, what you're going to do is you're going to imagine that your hands, as they sit there, they're going to start to relax, okay? And you're going to go into your little fingers, and you're going to feel them relax, into the ring fingers, feel them relax, middle fingers, relax, go into your index fingers, feel them relax, go into your thumbs, and relax. That's it. Now, while your hands are sitting there where just the comfort used to be, just let your hands relax. That's it. Now, go into the palm of your hands. Relax. Go into your wrists. And relax. So that the hands and fingers are relaxing. Go into your forearms and relax. To your upper arms and relax. Go into your shoulders and feel it relax. That's perfect. Now just kind of let your hands slide on off your body and just kind of fall off to the side. Now what you'll notice is the pain's going to start to diminish. You're going to start to feel a little better. And that's what's going on for you. Now, if we can strip your body, you're going to be able to ground a lot better. 
Now, this is called stripping. That's pretty much our six minutes, so it's going to continue. So now we're going to do some stripping. This will just take a little bit of time. You're sitting in a chair. And we're going to lighten the body up, okay? Now, what you're going to do is I want you to lift up one foot at a time. You know, that's like your your calf, your thigh, your knee. Everything's just kind of lifting your foot up off the floor. Only a couple inches and very, 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 very slowly. So now let's start with one foot. Start to lift it up very, very, very slowly. There's an inch. There's two inches. Okay, now set it down very, very slowly. That's it. Okay, now we're going to go to the other leg, and we're going to do the same thing. Lift it up very, very, very slowly. One inch, two inch. Okay, that's really good. Okay, now we're going to start to set it back down very slowly. One inch, two inch. Great. Okay, now, question. Which leg was heavier or harder to lift? Now, only you can answer that question. The slower you do it, the easier it is to spot, okay? Now, you're going to take your heavier leg, all right? Now, you're going to take your right hand, and you're going to put it to the to the right side of your leg. You're going to take the left hand, and you're going to put it to the left side of your leg, whatever the heavier leg is. Your thumbs are going to be at the top of your legs and the top of the thigh, and your four fingers are going to be underneath your thigh. And you're going to bring your hands all the way up to the groin area. One hand on one side of the leg, one hand on the other side of the leg, all the way up at the top of the thigh. Now, without taking your hands off your leg, you're just going to kind of like lock your hands a little bit up and down, you know, and you're going to slide it towards your knee very, very slowly. Just kind of like you're squeegeeing water off your leg. Okay, so let's start. We're going to start to slide our hands. That's it. Starting at the thigh, moving them towards the middle of the thigh. That's it. Nice and easy. Start to beginning to bring it to the knee. That's it. Now, as we get it to the knee, sometimes we get a little stuck, so you can bounce your leg a little bit. Keep bringing your hands over the knee. Now they're coming on to the upper part of the calf. That's it. Now they're starting to slide down the calf. Your hands and fingers should be touching now. Don't let it go. You're sliding everything down, down the middle of your calf, down into your ankle. That's it. That's wonderful, people. Now slowly bring your hands off your foot, off the tip of your toes. Perfect. Now take all that stuff, throw it in the same pile, send it back to God. Okay. Now. Right. What I'd like you to do is... Lift up your leg again. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And this was we, you, you know, when you and I started on Saturday, uh, I couldn't lift up my left leg at all. It was just impossible. And after this session, wow, you know, I could. Well, see, thought, our thought that we're sick or we thought that our back hurts weighs us down. Thought has weight. It's kind of like... You know, if you're in heavy enough thought, you, you don't even have a neck. Your shoulders just disappear. Your head disappears into your shoulders. And so, you know, when you do this, this lightens your body up. It takes the thoughts off that are heavy thoughts, say sickness thoughts. And because your legs are the grounding device, boy, once you ground your legs out, your body starts to evacuate all the stuff that it's stuck on, and your body lightens up. So if you've got stuff stuck in your gut, you know, just slide your hands over your gut and pull it out. Or if you've got stuff yeah. stuck in your head, just slide it off your head, toss it down, it send it back to him. God. God mm-hmm. loves working with you, especially when you're acknowledging that it's right there giving you a hand. Now, yeah. the pain Isn't should have demised a little bit, and the lake should have got a little bit lighter. And if all these things are happening and you'd really like to, you know, have a session, give us a call. And yeah. um, I don't good. know what else And to say. also, if they have missed your uh, phone number, they can always get back to me here on the show to uh, uh, speakingtoyourheart.com, and then that way they can reach you also. All right. So, um, we, well, the show is over a few minutes ago, so we have been speaking here uh, with no one listening for the time being, but it will be going to the archives, and people will be listening afterwards to this particular edition. So. Dennis, this was a very interesting, uh, it, it turned into some kind of workshop, I think. Um, I'm sorry, I, which was, was, I was just, uh, <laughs> I just take off on God, I get so excited. But it was good, you know, it's something different. 
And uh, I enjoyed it myself, and uh, people all over the world will hear it. So um, this was so nice of you to be with me today. And now you can have a wonderful, what is it, Wednesday morning. All right. I want to thank you for everything that you do for the people out there on the planet and for for having this this radio show where people get and get in touch with helping themselves and healing themselves. And I just want to say, hey, blessings on you and all that you see, and thank you for serving the planet the way that you do, Helena. Thank you, and the same to you. As I told you, I work every day of the week, last right. weekends also, with yeah. someone in the world. Over the telephone, it works very well. Like you said, distance doesn't matter. No, it really doesn't. The space is everywhere. God's everywhere. It's all going to work. Yeah, so that's great. It was a real pleasure, Dennis. You were a great man. I really, really enjoy your human being. <laughs> thank you so much. Wow, well, thank you so much. That was an excellent little finish. I so appreciate that. And, yeah. you know, so you we, can call me anytime you need to. You know that, girl. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. So it was wonderful. Have you written a book or anything by that? Of, no, of that I've, I've got lots of tapes and things like that on my website, but uh, I just mm-hmm. haven't had the time to do the book yet. I'd, I'd just rather do it in person, you know. <laughs> yes, it works very well. You reach a lot of people. All right. Okay, thank you. Have a wonderful day today, and my blessings and my greetings to Jessica, your wife. All right. Thank you, Helena. It was a great interview. Yes, Thank it was. Thank you so much. We, we so I enjoyed it myself. Thank you. All right. Bye bye, everyone. Bye bye, world now. out there, and we'll be together soon. Bye bye. <laughs>